Hey guys, welcome to the Outdoor Wazza Brand Podcast. Here, we talk about everything and anything outdoors. This episode of the Outdoor Wazza Brand Podcast is brought to you by Deer 30 Minerals. This ain't your grandpa's salt lick. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Outdoor Wazza Brand. I've got the one and only right here in front of me, Joey Harris. Since deer season's the velvet season is five, five and a half, six weeks. I don't know. I might be jumping the gun here and getting pretty worked up for it. Uh, deer season is probably about two months away in, in you know the grand scheme of everything. But uh, this episode right here is just going to be nothing but deer stories. And uh, we're just going to relive the past stories about that. And we're just going to tell about tracking deer, gutting deer. The, you know, the, just the whole process of our first hunts. And then our hunts from then on out and stuff like that. And then what our future holds for this year's deer season. So hopefully it's going to be a good one. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good one. So listen up. Welcome back, Joey. So uh, 2022 deer season is literally right around the corner. Right around the corner. We're getting everything set up. We've got food plots planned. We went and looked at one food plot earlier. Eh, it's, doing. it's it's early. It's it is it is. I mean, it's only, it's just, uh, I think it's a, a few days, five days old. So, oh, yeah, there's actually some stuff early. coming up. Yeah, there's some stuff coming up on it right now. But I mean, obviously, you've seen it too. There's a there's a few patches that's actually thriving, and uh, there's a few patches that's just really not thriving. Well, the, this heat that we've had has been absolutely crazy. Like it it just fell upon us. And it, what the first rain? The first rain the plateau had was just what a couple of weeks ago, a month, maybe a month ago. It was yeah, and it wasn't I think so. Like a continuous through the week kind of rain. No, was, and then what's today? Saturday. I think we got it Friday, Thursday. It was Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, and then Friday midday. It was a good rain. I think it was. I think it's just enough rain to get the seed broke open, to get it planted, and to get everything rock and rolling on that food plot. So hopefully. Come the velvet hunt, that food plot is going to be freaking, I mean, lush. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's, I mean, that's five weeks away. See, my neck of the woods, about a month ago, well, whenever we recorded you and Tyler talking, it, it, it had maybe just started raining over where I'm at. And yeah. you get one good, good little storm or downpour, and yeah. it keeps it muggy throughout the, the week. And it's just been 95 degree weather ever Dude, since. This, this is a, this has been a harsh summer. Remember, it's not the heat; it's the humidity. <laughs> it's, it's always the Bro, humidity. <laughs> I've got family in New Orleans. This. Oh, this is nothing this compared is, yeah, to New nothing. Orleans. No, anything down there along the Gulf. Yeah, it's like a 210 percent humidity. You could swim. You could swim through the air. Because and not the, breathe at the same time. The humidity. Yeah. It's like you walk out the front door and the humidity just bam. You just might as well you. just walk out naked boom, boom, at that boom. point. Jumped by humidity. <laughs> oh, got a little oh, crack of thunder. Yeah, got some thunder in the background here. Well, like I said before, this uh, episode is just deer stories. There's really nothing to learn at all. I, there might, you, you might pick up something in, in you might some of these stories. Yeah. We are idiots. Yeah, there's uh, there's been some pretty crazy stories, some pretty crazy things that's happened to us over the years of hunting. So uh, we're going to let Joey start with, uh, what was you going to say? 
I said a lot of them were us together. It's a lot of my memories. Yeah, there's. I I remember ripping down that one logging road. Uh, had them. Was it was water breaks? We'd, oh, we jumped. Where I jumped my truck. Yeah, we jumped your truck. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like we got super airborne, but all four tires left the ground for. It was enough to make my back feel like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah, I think my head hit the roof. And then when we landed, everything went out the windows, and it was like, yeah, it jostled everything. Dad wasn't too happy about that. I'd say he wouldn't be. Uh, yeah. I Stupidity. But, hey, we all go through that stage. We learn from those mistakes, and we no longer jump vehicles down water breaks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would if I'm running late to the woods. I'm not going to jump the truck I have now. Uh, I'll well, ride you, passengers. You jumped your truck. <laughs> I'll jump my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I've, over, I've almost sank my truck. That is true. You tried to use your boat. jump that, that thing to get to the woods, especially turkey season. Ain't nothing stopping me. Do you keep canoe paddles in the back seat? No, I just keep some, keep some uh, plastic spoons for, like, you know, like MREs and like oh. packs of tuna and stuff Spam. like that. Spam. Mm. I don't eat that potted meat stuff. Mm. It's good with some Ritz crackers every once in a while. Mm, I don't know about all that. All right. Uh, we're, we're getting off topic here. Yeah. Yeah. We're <coughs> we're getting into food and I'm getting a little bit hungry here. So uh, Joey's going to talk about his first deer hunt and uh, try to remember everything that did happen on that first deer hunt because that was what? Oh, my God. How long ago was that? It's... Okay, so I haven't I haven't killed a deer in ten years. That was probably five years before that. So probably fifteen years. Okay, so Joey's going to try to remember what happened fifteen years ago on this hunt. Sure, and and everyone remembers your very first deer hunt. Oh yeah. So continue. No, Let no, us no, know. No. Let us know what happened. Tell us how how your morning went. Waking up, getting to the woods. You know all that stuff. So uh-huh. it's well, all you. Uh, we had a we had a family friend Chuck Chuck he was allowing us to use some of his out and about purchase property to kind of let me and Dad get our our foot in the ground with hunting because like I said in the past we I, I basically forced my dad into hunting because all my friends my friends did it and uh, we were kind of new didn't have any tree stands so kind of found the we were on the backside of this guy's cow field, uh, about, mm, I'd say about 75 yards away from the, the fence line. Uh, we found a, there, there was like an old logging road back through there. I call it a logging road. Probably wasn't used for any kind of logging. But uh, set on like a little little rock bluff. It was nothing. It was like four and a half feet. Wasn't anything special. Wasn't like a big drop off, but. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, it was probably just enough to where you could, like, get on that bluff and overlook uh, well, 80, I, I 100 say, yards. I say bluff. No, no, this was just in, like, a bottom. Uh, I called it a bluff because little me saw it as more of what it was. Yeah. It might have been, like, a four-foot drop. Yeah. You and just, we you, sat at the bottom of the rock, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. So you didn't sit on the so-called bluff. You just sat below yeah, below the rock. No, we we set we set at the bottom of the rock, had this like little gotcha. open. It was the clearest part of the woods that we yeah. could sit in. Understand? Um, uh, it was during, I think my first juvenile hunt, if I can remember correctly. 
And, uh, of course, juvenile season is, is open to a, a juvenile back then was about the only time you could take a, a doe with a rifle. And uh, so dad let me use his 30-30, I think it was a 30-30. And I think it was a 30-30. Uh, it, it might have just broke daylight. And we were sitting there, and we could hear him walking that road behind us. Didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, you could hear him kind of walk off. We kind of gave up on it because they were moving pretty slowly from what it sounded like. And Dad was sitting on my right side. I was sitting on the left side. And uh, he's kind of looking over there, and he bumps me. He hits me in the ribs. I'm like, what are you doing? And I kind of, like, whipped over. I'm still new at hunting. I don't know this whole slow movement. Yeah, you don't, it's like... It's like whenever you are hunting, it's that little elbow nudge. Yeah. But you're not used to the hunting nudge. So yeah, you like, like whip hey, over and you're like, look. dude, you know, there's a bubble here. Yeah. Quit poking me in the ribs, dad. Exactly. Yeah. And so I kind of like whip over and that was like him be like, hey, move slowly. Kind of whisper. I don't know if the mic picked that up. But uh, uh, he... uh. He kind of pointed, I looked down at his hand and he pointed and about 25 yards, I mean completely off of dad's right shoulder, there's this little doe standing there. And of course, you know, even to this day, you see any kind of like action for the animal you're out there to harvest. Oh, absolutely. You get that adrenaline pumping. Oh yeah, I mean, I could I could see a butt buck immediately. I get the shakes. Oh, it could be a fawn. I, like, I'm not going to shoot the fawn, it's just... I'm out there it's, for its, it's species, that, and I see it's it. That, like, it's oh. that adrenaline. Yeah, you just get worked up, yeah. like, immediately. And, of course, me being I'm 11 or 12 at this point. I think you, yeah. Yeah, he's probably closer there. So I see this deer, and he's like, get your gun up. And I, this is this is the moment, like, as a kid, before I pull the trigger, I take a life. This, this is, I, I've got my ears are throbbing. Sounds like my heart beats in my, in my brain. And that doe never moved. I think it actually had spotted us. And I, I pull up and squeeze the trigger, and it just dropped where it was at. And I believe I told you wrong earlier whenever I was explaining this, where I had actually hit this deer since it was so close and the way this, this rifle was scoped in at, I think the bullet hopped. Oh, so it was... And, it, and the, it snapped its spine in two. It was... Yeah, so the gun was sighted in for, I mean, obviously, then further than 25 yards. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had, like, the bullet was still rising at oh, 25 yeah. yards. Yeah. Yeah, it, it probably wasn't even at peak. It definitely wasn't at peak yet. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it, it was so close that holding it yeah. in its shoulder, I, I, I hit a spine shot on it, and it dropped right there. And, of course, me being new to the hunting scene, I was like, oh, yeah. That's my first kill. I've, I was like a graduation of life, basically. Like, I felt like... I mean, I I know there's probably been a few people with adrenaline shutdown. Like, after, like, your your peak moment. Yeah. You start you start coming down. You get the jitters, and you're, you're wired, and you start getting cold. Oh, I, yeah. I know that's one thing in the woods. Anytime 
like my adrenaline goes up and it starts wearing off it's like the temperature drops oh that's 20 well, degrees i mean it's just uh, just like hunting in the cold or something like that you shoot a deer in the cold like because i don't i don't wear gloves i don't wear gloves at all Ooh. so like if i shoot a deer in the cold it's all adrenaline like i forget about my body temperature i forget about that it's like 10 degrees outside and then the deer runs off may or may not hear it crash whatever you make phone calls and all that stuff and then you're sitting in the tree stand by yourself and then you're like teeth are chattering holy crap it's yeah. cold yeah <laughs> yeah you're like oh man this adrenaline it's wearing off and my body's hurting yeah yeah and yeah i was dancing around dad was like we'll give it time to pass or whatever i mean yeah absolutely we, we didn't know where the shot hit we just we saw the deer fall yeah so we were giving it it's 15 20 minutes see what happens yeah uh, apparently mama deer was up behind us that yeah. that kind of made me feel like crap and uh as the adrenaline's wearing off, I'm I'm dancing in place. So I'm excited. Oh yeah. We go look at it, and the ground shrinkage. That's the first time I've. Ex- I mean, it was a doe, but ground shrinkage. It was like a deer. Look, they probably had lost its spots like three months before that. Oh, it was just it was a tiny. little. I've t- taken it to the slaughterhouse. Brought it back in one brown pl- uh, paper bag. I think I remember that story. Yeah, because Dad always gives me crap about that. Yep, I remember that story. I mean, I think it was the weekend after or something like that. And I think me and Dad went over there. Or something. I don't know. We did something. And I heard your dad. He was like, yep. Came back in one brown bag. And I was like, mm. Brown bag special, as Dad likes to, mm, to call old, it. The old brown bag special every, deer. Every deer that I got after that, he was like, well, it came back in more than one brown bag this time. He always. <laughs> we got two brown bags this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that I mean, it wasn't much. But, like, in the moment, like, I can almost remember every detail of that. Oh, it's, yeah. It's your your first deer hunt. I think it's. No matter what happened to us, to the listeners, all that stuff, you always remember your first deer. Exactly. I mean, that's like, that's the setting stone. That's that's the milestone to becoming a hunter. And it's, it's a, it will always be instilled into your head. So no matter what you do. How many deer you kill and all that, you will always remember your first deer. So you always remember your first deer, and you'll always remember your biggest deer. Uh, that's also correct. Yeah, so tell us a story about that, because I remember that. You telling me, like, I think you, it was that night, I think you called me, because what? We just got cell phones or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was probably... 2008 it was before me and my ex had gotten together might have been the opening of 2009 sorry I used that as a reference point because like after we got together I never killed anything oh so that was like yeah it's either it was either her or the arrowhead I found that I got the bad juju from hmm yeah. Yeah, let everyone know about this bad juju because I think your bad juju's rubbed off on me this turkey season. <laughs> I'm about to gut shoot you sitting right here because it was horrible. But anyways, continue. Continue. <laughs> this is your story, not mine. So uh non pointer. Uh same property. Me and dad were basically just across the road. They'd from 
whenever we I first started hunting to this point, probably four or five years, they had cleared out a whole bunch behind us across from the the, the logging road. And we had actually had tree stand this time, so we were both up in the two-man stand. Uh, it was just something me and Dad always did. We always, I mean, at that point, we were still hunting together. After that, we had actually gotten a, another stand, and we split ways from there. But uh big opening in between some pond. It was like a pond thicket. Cleared out the middle from the hardwoods and the softwoods. And sun had maybe been up 25 minutes. It was still that, that hazy, you could only see so far type type lighting. It was, yeah. And by this time, I finally had my own <clears throat> my own deer rifle. I was using a 243. Yeah. Dad had that 3030. And uh, uh, I'm sitting there. It's early morning. I'm starting to doze off. It's typical. I mean, I know you do it. You do it all the time. Oh, Lord, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I get in the tree stand too early, yeah, if I get in there an hour before daylight, what's the point in staying awake? I mean, you can't shoot an hour before daylight. Yeah. You can't you shoot in an hour before legal shooting light, so. It's, yeah. I, I do the same thing. I'm real bad for just taking periodic naps. Oh, no, that's. Tree stand. I'll like, randomly catch myself, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I woke up with a, with a deer staring at me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was probably 25 minutes into shooting time. Still still kind of slow rising morning. And I'm kind of just like looking down at, at the ground in front of us. And Dad, again, that, that elbow in the, in the side. He was like, there's a buck. I was like, where? And I, like, it didn't take me no time at all. You know how I'm usually slow at spotting things because – my vision's not the greatest. You've got supernatural vision. I t- I'm over here rocking four eyes right now. <laughs> over here rocking four eyes. I don't know, just the game that I'm after, I guess I, just over the years I've learned to spot the things that aren't natural in the woods. Uh, deer are natural in the woods. That that statement made no sense whatsoever. Well, in the woods everything's vertical. So when I'm deer hunting, I look, I'm looking for horizontal lines because a deer okay, is at that, least that four to five sense. foot. Sorry, a, a deer's four to five foot long. Yeah. So yeah, in the woods, everything's vertical, obviously. See, when you explain trees. it like that, that makes sense. But and when you say things that are unnatural... Yeah. Well, now, just off topic real quick. Now, if a deer's facing you, obviously he's vertical because, you know... Yeah. yeah he's symmetrical with trees. But I always look for horizontal lines in the woods. And you'll pick up logs that you've never even seen before. And, of course, you know before daylight and like you know when it's dawn dusk dude a log could be poking up off the ground oh yeah and it looks like the biggest buck you ever seen you'll watch it for 45 minutes and yeah like, man this deer can stand really still this thing ain't moved and then when nine o'clock rolls around you're like oh yeah i forgot about that oh that area over there and you look over there and it's still there and you're like oh yeah and it's a it's a tree the whole time it's a tree that's been there for 40 years <laughs> yeah but anyways it, Anyways, yeah. it just started breaking on you. Just started breaking on me, and I look up. Yep, got the old nudge. It's, it's kind of like cornering to us. Not, it's not like head on. It's kind of going from like back right to our front left. If you're looking at it. Okay, so he's 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 walking diagonal. He's, he's cornering to you. Yeah, walking to you. Okay. And uh, 
both of us. We look we look like a fireplace that's just in the middle of the woods, just randomly. There's just I mean smokestacks because this is this is the biggest bug either one of us have seen. Yeah. In the four years we've been in these woods, and he's a doozy too. You need to take a picture. We need to post that on the gram <laughs> so people can see what 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 this nine pointer looks like. And I love uh, just to break away from the story. I love that I, I was able to harvest that deer, but at the same time, I hate that it was my first buck. Yeah, because it's it's sort of like one of those deals. Like, what would you ever shoot that is bigger than that? Uh, around here, probably nothing, unless if it was just sheer luck. Because I can guarantee you. The shot placement on this was was sheer luck. Because, as I said, it was quartering to us from, like, if you if you were to set up a grid from back right to, our, like, our front left, he was quartering. And as he passed between this, these forked pine trees and that was, like, 30, 40 yards in front of me and Dad, uh, I went ahead and got hunkered down into a shooting position. And uh, by the time I got set up, was trying to get him through my scope. He was still in behind that forked pine tree, and he then started going from our right or our left to our right in a horizontal motion. And where he had stopped, I guess, to get the the morning smells was right behind this pine tree for me, and. Dad's view of his head was blocked, so Dad went ahead and got down into the into the shooting uh, shooting position, and he uh, he was he was I guess he had the shoulder just in, in, in his view because he he looked at me and gave me like three chances, three too many chances to be like, hey, do you have a shot? And I told them, I was like, no, 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 I don't have a shot right now. Because, uh. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was a beer. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you, but I sat down and I was like, oh, wait, this ain't going to work out. Yeah, it's a little loud. Caught me off guard. Yep, I apologize to everyone. But dad gave me three too many chances. He was like, you got a shot? I was like, yeah. Or, no, 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 no. I don't have a shot. I don't have a shot. And I was panicking at this moment. I was panicking. It's like, are you sure you don't have a shot? This was the second time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a shot. He's standing still. I can see his head, but I can't see his shoulder. Hold on. uh, on. Wait, wait, wait. So at this point, was you looking at the antlers at all? Or was you just just trying to find the vitals, something to take him out? At this point, he was just far enough into my scope where I could see his entire body. Yeah. Like, in, in good quality. Like, I could see his head. Like, if my crosshairs were at his shoulder, I could still see his you head. You could still see, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I could definitely see all the, I mean, my my adrenaline wouldn't have been as high as it was if it wasn't for the rack that I was seeing. hmm And I was like, no, I still don't have a shot. Yeah. And Dad was like, all right, this is the last chance. Are you sure you don't have a shot? And I was like, yes, I don't have a shot. And he was like, Okay. And as he said, okay, that deer took one step forward, enough for me to see his, his shoulder. And I, I was like, I got a shot. And before that full statement came out, I let one ring. Yeah. And absolutely caught Dad off guard. Like, he was like, are you sure you had a shot? I was like, yeah. I was like, I had a shot. Like, I was, I was on his shoulders. I mean, it, 
<laughs> from the evidence later on, it didn't look like I had a shot at all. I just took what I saw. But it, from my recollection, yeah, my crosshairs were on on this deer's shoulder. And uh, so I, I take the shot. This deer drags chest and chin across yeah, the, about like five yards in a, in a full sprint. Yeah. So it lo- looked pretty dead on, like good shoulder shot. Now this was with your two forty three. Yes, this was with my two forty three. Okay. And he took off for about five yards on his chest, stood up, took off running about thirty, forty five yards back from where basically where he came from. Yeah. And of course me and dad are settling down from the shot and he's like, Let's give it some time, let's let's let it bleed out. If it if it if it was a poorly placed shot, we'll see how things go and we'll we'll get down and track it. Yeah. And this at this point, this was the first deer I hadn't seen go down in front of me. Yeah, because the three does that I had I had harvested in all my juvenile hunts, those were the this was my fourth deer. Yeah, they they had all dropped where they were at, and so this made me nervous. This yeah. was this was the first buck that or deer that I I had to track. Yeah, and. He takes off running, and you just you're you're running scenarios through your yeah. head. That's the first time that I've I've seen a yeah. done uh, a deer run away from my yeah. my shot. I was at that age, we didn't know what stress was, but that's called stress is when yeah. you start. <laughs> now that now, you say it, like I, yeah, yeah, it felt like how I do every day now. Yeah, but, <laughs> you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, I've got all this stuff to do, and it's at that age when you shoot a deer like that, and he takes off running. I mean, you're like, I, I shouldn't have took that shot. I should have never squeezed that trigger. Yep. And anyway, so time passes by, we get down and we go to about where it was standing. Of course we found it because you could see the, where he'd started kicking and dragging and everything. Followed him to the tree line and dad was like, oh man, we wasn't, we wasn't seeing much blood. So we, we, I don't, we maybe found like two little spots of blood on the way to the tree line. Cause like this was a, this was a clearing. Yeah. And dad started getting that doubtful feeling that, that like, man, I don't think yeah. you put a good shot on this. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, mm. I'm sick to my stomach. Cause yeah, this is one. the biggest deer me or him have seen while hunting. Yeah. That's, and that's whenever someone says, especially when you're walking through the woods, and I, I even still get that feeling like to this day. And I've shot several, several deer. And if I if I'm walking with dad or someone else, and they're like, "Man, I don't think you made a good shot on him," it's immediately stomach turns. Yeah, world crushing, bubble guts. And I'm like, "Oh, don't, don't say that." I'm done. I'm done hunting this year. It makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of guys out there that can, that can vouch for that too like make a bad a, a, like a bad shot on a deer especially gut shooting them things yeah it's dad, just, i think dad had an instance of that yeah. once you just you just want to hang it up because yeah. you feel so bad for the animal and you're like i'm done i'm not even going to put another animal through that yeah yeah i'm with you uh so we get to the tree line you can see where it like brushed the the foliage as it broke through the tree line yeah. and there was a few a little bit of blood there here and there yeah. so was he when, whenever you noticed the, the the during the tracking process, was he was he still plowing, or was he? I mean, he just didn't have a care in the world, and he was just moving through them yeah, branches. He didn't have a care. Like okay. he got up after that five five yards of him like dragging ground, and then it was like he was in full sprint. Yeah. Like so nothing had ever happened to yeah. him. Yeah. 
at that age, you're like, okay, well, here's the trail. But now you look back on it and you're like, okay, well, these trees was busted. This deer was hurt. You can look back on that and gather information off of it. Uh, there really wasn't much, like, because, like, where the tree lawn starts, no. it opens up into the hardwoods from where it was with those pond trees. So yep. it's, it's kind of open because pond like, needles kill, kill stuff, don't yeah. allow things to grow. So there was, like, a tree here and there, and then there was just, like, your, your brush undergrowth. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like that, that uh, transition point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm with you. maybe 15, 20 yards into the tree lawn, it kind of had like a soft decline into like a creek bed. Yeah. There he laid, 15, 20 feet in, or 20 yards. Oh, so he didn't make it past. No. He didn't make it, he didn't make it 30 yards past, he, he, 40 yards past that. He might have made it 60, 70 yards from where I pulled oh, the yeah. trigger on him. Yeah. And he was, uh, dad's mind was blown. He was like, where did you, where was that shot placement? Because like, as far as he ran... There should have been blood everywhere. Yeah. And like I said, that was minuscule blood trail. And come to find out when we got up on him, that yeah. bullet had hit both of his jugulars oh, so you from just, where my scope was off. Oh, so you just cut the windpipes. I, I, I did. He must have just bled out through the, the veins in his, or his arteries in his yeah. neck. I think there's, I think there's, I mean, obviously just like us, there's arteries and stuff that run up through there. And I mean, yeah. if one gets cut, you're bleeding out. Yeah, you Dude's can see it way. on the, you can see it on the mount where they had to fix it. You can see oh, where really? the entry point. Yeah, I never I never paid attention to that. I'll, I'll show it I'll to you to, next yeah. time. I'll have to look at that. Well, I mean, it's still at my dad's because uh, we live in an apartment. I'm just gonna have to text me like, "Hey, Bo, send me a." You know what? I'm gonna come over for dinner. Tell your wife to make something good for dinner. <laughs> my <laughs> wife. It's still at his dad's. wife. Oh yeah yeah. Oh, you're yeah, okay. your mom. Oh, don't Bo, don't say it like that. Bo, tell your wife. Okay. To make some gumbo, and I'll be over there for dinner. Oh, we all go. <laughs> we all gonna be over there. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Yeah, that was probably one of the nastiest guts of my life. Yeah, because it was an older deer. It was an older. It was probably one of the oldest deer that I've. It, I, was, it, it is the oldest deer I've ever. I mean, you can harvested. You can you can look at that deer just from the mount. Obviously, I know that they use forms and stuff, but just the the color of the hair and stuff, you can tell that 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 deer. Was a warrior. He oh, was yeah. a warrior for sure. I mean, he was an old deer. And like you talking about gutting earlier, that that yeah. was always a process for me. That I'm not I'm not big on guts. Kind of the, the smell when the I'm fine until the smell. If the smell hits me, if it's a human being guts, mm, no, that's where I draw the line. That's yeah, see, I've never smelled that. I hope I never. Smell I that. never have either. It just like seeing videos of like doctors doing their surgeries and yeah, stuff no, that, I'm that not. makes me queasy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not about that life. But like I could watch somebody uh gut a deer or defeather a turkey or debreast a turkey. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. fine with that. That's nothing bad. On T V you don't get that smell, that pungent like when you break that membrane it's just like and it Yeah. Just, it's yeah, that smell is right there. That's different. I mean, I've got a story for that one talking cool. Well I'm glad it's your story time because I'm over here under the the light, man, and it's well. Sometimes it's good to be under the microscope. You I know, I don't, I don't, I just, I'm not a people person. No, well, I don't. you are now. You are. You're, you're <laughs> like the biggest people person I know. <laughs> the social butterfly is what my wife calls me, and I mean, you know, the social butterfly. Everyone's labeled as a social butterfly, but I can, I, I feel like I can make a conversation with like literally anyone. Me and that, that. That title will never be in the same sentence. It's, 
No, it can't be. Joey is not a social butterfly. Besides that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, besides that one. Uh, I think my my very first deer, uh, we had that lease that was just, it was wicked, man. I mean, like during turkey season, you'd hear 50 birds gobble. And you would just, during turkey season, you would just, okay, Dad, I want to go over there. And you'd call up 12. And it was just Whichever one was closest to the gun barrel is the one you shot. You, and Typically. The one, yeah, and the one you took home. Uh, deer season was the same way. There was deer uh, running up and down them ridges. I mean, you can go sit in a tree stand on the side of one of them ridge one of them ridge faces, and you'd see, I mean, no problem, 10, 15 deer of a morning in three to four hours. Climb down, either ride or walk back to camp. And you would see more deer run across the road. And especially during the rut, it was just, it was wide open. It was freaking crazy. And uh, first deer, obviously juvenile season. I mean, that's the best opportunity for any young, any young person that is still, you know, legal to hunt on the juvenile hunts. Without a doubt. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Because, I mean, they get first dibs at everything. And if, even if you take a kid during the regular hunting season, Obviously, like, my kid is going to get first dibs. Like, when I take Ava Grace out, she's going to get first dibs. I mean, I'm not going to let her shoot the biggest buck around because then she's just – it's burnt out. She'll never shoot exactly. anything bigger than that. So, I mean, just like just like how, how Dad raised me, shoot a doe, shoot a spike, shoot a four-pointer, and just continuously build from there until you get, you know, uh, a high fence where you're shooting like a 28-pointer. But I'll never hunt a high fence – we we have our our uh, opinions about high fence and stuff like that. I'm not gonna do it. I'll just be straight up with y'all. I'm not gonna do it. I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's fair. But uh, anyways, it takes the fun out of the hunt. It does. It does. I hate to see them dump corn out in a food trough and you know, big old massive 400 inch whitetail comes walking out and they're like, oh my, this is crazy. Anyways, I'm not even gonna get <laughs> in on that. That stuff just pisses me off. Uh, my first deer. The lease we was on was just absolutely insane. It was me and maybe one other kid that could hunt that property because that was it was just me and the one other kid. And uh, my sister was too young to hunt, I think, at that point. Yeah, so Dad never took her, but uh, Dad always took me. And we were sitting in this uh, this shooting house built up on, on cedar posts and stuff. It was probably six foot by six foot. It was super comfy. It was the juvenile, so I think typically, I think back then still, it was the last weekend in October. Halloween weekend is usually what I call it, but uh, it was the last week in October, and we were sitting there, and man, I remember it clear as day. There was a doe that ran down, and she ran from our right to our left across this food plot, and Dad, infamous hunting nudge. I think at that point I was playing like a little pocket, the pocket carry uh, Yahtzee. It's just like a little oh, digital. Yeah. yeah, you just hit little buttons and whatever you roll. Yeah. It was like McDonald's toys. Yeah, hell yeah. It was awesome. Dude, I, I still play those on my phone. I've downloaded <laughs> Yahtzee on my phone from when I was 10 years old. And uh, I still play Yahtzee in the tree stand. And I still text dad. And I'm like, dude, I just rolled up the three of a kind. <laughs> He's like, dude, that was... 20 years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it wasn't 20 years ago. I think I remember playing that game at y'all's house whenever I was a kid. Yes, it's awesome. Yahtzee, if, if you guys don't play Yahtzee in the tree stand or any sort of card game on your phone in the tree stand, are you even hunting? 
or even like live a little bit. I didn't really have games on my phone ten years ago, so this will be a fir- this will be new territory for me. That's why we stopped at McDonald's every morning. I got them little toys, and I'd sit there and play with a little bobblehead toy while Dad was sitting there <laughs> looking for deer. And at one point, he was like, okay, I'm tired of staying awake. You need to stay awake for two hours. I'm going to sleep. We, we rotated after a while. So uh, me and Dad actually, and to this day, we still communicate like no one else. Like every time I go to the woods with someone, I'm like, you know, doing the, the uh, uh, pitcher, you, pitcher you, catcher like fastball. Okay. Like, I was wondering what that unicorn horn on your forehead yeah, motion you were doing. Yeah. Unicorn number one means that there's a. Uh, one with antlers. Something's out there. Okay. Pay attention. Or you, you do the old two eyes and you point out forward. Okay. Two eyes, two eyes out that front. That one I understand. Yeah. Something's there. And me and dad have got this lingo and, and over the years I've, I've started hunting by myself, but me and dad still have this lingo. Like we go turkey hunting and he'd be 40 yards from me. And I'll, I'll do the eyeballs. Obviously, everyone knows the eyeballs. And then eyeballs out front means look, pay attention. Or we do like the uh, surfer's radical just below the chin. That means there's a long beard. And then if you point close. But if you go above your head, that means he's far. So radical symbol for the long beard. Below the chin point, he's within shooting range. So y'all may not be learning stuff, but. I'm learning stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Dad have got this lingo, and we still use it to this day. And it's always, Dad's always taught me to use to use. Uh, it's not it's not legal sign language, but whenever whenever me and Dad's in the woods, we're always really good about that stuff. And uh, me and him both know the lingo that we're <clears throat> that we're on. So this doe ran across the field. Dad knows me real quick, and he, I'm, we're obviously in a shooting blind. I mean, this is a wooding a wooden shooting blind. Yeah. So it's six foot by six foot. So we, he nudged me. He said, hey, there's a doe right there. Well, as soon as I looked up, I seen her exit the field to my left-hand side. And this this ridge face is on our right-hand side. It runs down to our left food plot. And then it goes down to in, uh, down into a creek bottom. And as soon as I looked up, I seen her exit the field. Well, I looked back to the right because, you know, I mean, you know, before you go hunting, you're always watching hunting shows. Dad always taught me about shot placement. We always watched hunting shows, and he would pause the TV or something like that. Or or back in the day, you couldn't pause the TV. There was no DVR. There was no pausing yeah. like that. So he would jump up real quick, and he's like, real quick, shot placement. Where would you put the crosshairs? Where, where would you put your, your uh, archery pin, your bow pin? And I jump up real quick, and I'd be like, I put it right there because of the angle, all that stuff. You're shooting down. You're catching lung, catching bottom of the lung, maybe top of the heart. And, and we always practice that, like, every night. So he knows me. This deer's running down, and it was a spike. I think uh, his right side was, like, nine inches, and his uh, left side was, like, three inches, two and a half inches or something like that. I remember that. And this is when I was shooting the old Rossi. And uh, previously that morning, that was an afternoon hunt, that morning in the same exact blind right back behind us, Dad nudged, <clears throat> nudged me, looked back, and Dad goes, there's a big buck back here. Just, just like you, instantly when he says big buck, adrenaline, heart rate goes up. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm sitting there fiddle farting, fumbling shit around in the blind. It's like, dang, 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 dang. I'm dropping bullets. I'm dropping uh, hand warmers and stuff. That, and that's what TV conditions you for. It, like, I know you and Tyler kind of touched on it on the last episode about how 
You see these guys on TV trophy hunting all the time. That's all you get to see coming up into this is people shooting these massive antlers and yeah, we don't, big body deer. And yeah. like around here, that's... We don't. We haven't grown up with that. We've no. grown up as you know meat eaters, and a lot of our buddies and stuff like that. I mean, they go hunting. And they see a big old big old slickhead come walking by. They're shooting the doe. I mean, it, it's a, it's, it, it's almost like we were conditioned to be like, like you you gotta freak out if you, if you hear big buck or yeah see what looks like claws coming out of a, the top of one. Yeah, head. exactly. So I mean, when, whenever Dad said. Man, there's a big buck back here. The first thing I thought about was like real tree, or not real tree, uh, real tree. I think monster bucks. And the uh, the older generation might have watched it. It was on VHS. I'd put that in, that thing in every night. It was real tree monster bucks volume one to like twenty. And I'm talking these guys shot one eighties to two hundred inch. Dave uh, David Blanton. Uh, Who's the Jordan guy? I don't know. I have no clue. I didn't get to watch any of those growing Real up. Real tree guys. So dad was like, man, there's a big buck back here. I spin around. I'm shooting this Rossi uh, 50 cal. Crack one off. Deer takes off running. Dad was like, where was he at? Did you hit the deer? And I was like, I think I hit the deer. Long story short, climbed down, found hair. Never got the deer. Like I said, long story short, come rifle season. Dad sees the same exact eight point walking below his tree stand during rifle season, and Dad's like, "Oh, he's got a scar across the top of his back." Ba boom! And Dad, oh, that's sickening. Dad drops him, and and Dad has the deer on his wall. At that point, that was the biggest deer that Dad's ever killed, and I think that deer scored like eighty-two, <laughs> S- maybe seventy-five. I don't know, eighty at max, I think. But I mean, it was it was such a cool story because the deer walked out. I shot grazed the deer four weeks later the buck comes running right by dad chasing a doe dad shoots the deer and drops the deer so i know that that deer lived dad harvested that deer he got the deer cool back to my first deer this bike this bike comes running down this hill and uh from the eight point we figured out that that we were putting too much powder in my muzzleloader in that little rossi so i was shooting like 12 inches high at 50 yards Dang. Figured all that stuff out. Muzzleloader's back on track. Shooting dead nuts at 50 yards. Because, you know, I mean, at, at 10 years old, you ain't no you ain't no marksman. You ain't no. shooting at 200 yards, 300 yards, especially with a muzzleloader. Nowadays, they have muzzleloaders that can do that. But uh, this spike runs out. Get the crosshairs on him. And, dude, I am like... Like, when you're playing Call of Duty and you hold your breath... And your breath runs out, and them crosshairs are just bouncing from 12 to 6 o'clock, and then yeah. 3 to 8, and then 1 to... I was everywhere. I was everywhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, there's the shoulder, there's the crease. Boom! And shot. Muzzleloader. Smoke goes everywhere. Dad oh, yeah. can't see shit. I can't see shit. This spike runs off. And I think that, that year, it was like 70 degrees. Golly, it was hot. It was a warm winter. It was hot. It was very, very hot. And we sat there for like 40 minutes, and Dad was like, uh, it's, at that point, it's, uh, like, a, I listened to a podcast on the the hunting public about tracking deer and stuff like that. So, it's super hot. Do you want to go track the deer and may not push him or let him lay, bleed out, and die, 
three hours later. The temperature is depending on that. So I was like, well, it's 70 degrees out. And I told dad, I was like, well, it's my first deer. Let's go see if he's down. Got out to the uh, first impact. The first thing that dad picked up, because at, at that point, I didn't really know a whole lot. I just knew that you shoot a deer, you track the blood, and you find your deer. Yeah. Shot the deer. Dad walks up, and there's just a, looks like a five-gallon bucket of blood. And uh, it's guts. Ooh. It is nothing but guts. I was about to say, you put a really good shot on and, it. No, it was like everything in his organs was on the ground right there. And gross. Like the bullet hit, opened up, and it just freaking ripped through him. And it took all the guts out. So dad was like, this ain't good. You, uh, you made a gut shot. And you know my dad. My dad's very straightforward. Even, oh, as yeah. a, even as a young kid, he was like, you made a gut shot. That wasn't a very good shot. Uh, Basically, do better. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it now, I'm like, okay, I, I know my shot placement. I know what I have to do now. Because as a kid, he was like, that was a bad shot. I know. From, then, from, from that point on, I was like, make sure you hug the shoulder, put it in the vitals. Shoot a volleyball right behind the shoulder. If you can shoot a volleyball right behind the shoulder, you're fine. Bow, muzzleloader, rifle, doesn't matter. We started tracking the deer, and thank the good Lord above, he was dead 30 yards from where I shot him. And he was already encased with flies. So we got the deer. Uh, a lot of y'all listening will probably know Jackson County. I mean, straight up, straight down. We loaded that thing up on a folder. I had to sit on the very front rack at like 80 pounds. Had a 100-pound deer on the back. We're going up this freaking mountain, and the front tires are coming off the ground. Will we eventually stop? And, you know, at 10 years old, I ain't got no muscle. I can't wheel no deer around or anything like that. So Dad throws the deer on the front of the folder, and I have to ride on the front of the folder. With a dead deer. With a dead deer. (laughs) And I'm sitting here leaning back, and my back is up against this, the the handlebars. And Dad's like, "Hold on, hold on, here we go." And we're going over water breaks and stuff like that. And we we finally get up top. And I told Dad, I was like, "That was that was the craziest thing that's ever happened." But at 10 years old, that was the craziest thing that's ever happened. Now I'm 28 years old, and dude, I've got some crazy crazier things that's happened to me <laughs> in in the deer woods. I mean, it's just you're. And like I said before, your your first deer hunt, you'll never forget it. And I remember shooting that deer, and I remember Dad saying, man, you didn't make a good shot on him. You, you hit him in the guts. And from that point on, I always remember to hug the shoulder, never to shoot a deer in the guts. And depending on the temperature, if it's 70 degrees out, it's your choice. Do you want to go track that deer and maybe you'll find him? Or give him an, an hour, two hours, three hours in warm weather but then the meat spoils and you can't yeah. do nothing with him. Yeah, and that and that that temperature outside that 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 changes. Yeah, your, I mean your, it's your finding time. Yeah, I mean the outside temperature is seventy degrees. Obviously, yeah. you know inside. I don't know the inside temperature of a deer with all of his organs and everything working and stuff. But you know, during ten degrees, you got a deer. I mean, yeah. I usually stick my hands as as nasty as this is. I usually stick my hands warm them up and grab grab the organs and warm up my hands and then yeah. get back at it real quick cuz i mean it's warm uh but it's but that with that too with the colder weather like deeper into the season it's there's no bugs 
there's to, no bugs to to really harm any of your meat. Yeah, there ain't there's yeah. And then two, the colder it is, the slower it spoils. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, at, a, at a higher temp like that, early. I'm I'm. You said it was juvenile season, so that's early in the yeah, season. Yeah, it was. I think the last weekend of October, maybe. So yeah, it's you know you you can get the fluctuation of a warm yeah warm weekend around there still. So yeah, that is that your most memorable. Uh, the most memorable. I think my most memorable was another juvenile weekend, and uh, we were hunting with a buddy in Middle Tennessee, and he was. It was like a, it was like another juvenile. Yeah, yeah, it was juvenile weekend, and uh, we went hunting, and. Dad put me, well, Robbie is his name. Robbie put me in a tree stand with Dad, and we were sitting there, and, man, me and Dad sat there for hours and hours and uh, maybe seen a couple does here and there, and there was just little ones and stuff like that. And right at shooting light, there was a herd of, like, 20 that walked out, and Dad was like, okay, I think I've picked the biggest one out, and Dad's got his binocs, and he's sitting there looking at him. He's like, okay, the biggest the biggest doe, the biggest slick head is at the very top of the field. She was the last one that entered the field. So I, I, I get the gun up and all that stuff, and these deer are probably 100, 120 yards away. I'm shooting Dad's uh, .30-06, and that gun is... A lot of people bash the .30-06 for, for reaching out and, and, and poking game at a, at a long distance, but... Man, that thirty out six, that thirty out six just rings them out. And uh, I get my crosshairs on this doe, shoot the doe, and she drops. Me and Dad are sitting there high fiving and stuff like that, and we call Robbie, and Robbie comes and meet <laughs> meets us in an old farm truck, and and uh, we tell him, yeah, this doe's laying up here about a hundred yards or something like that, and and. Uh, I think me and dad jump in the bed of the truck. Robbie's driving up there. We park and we're like, you know, like four or five feet away from this deer. We're getting ready to gut the deer and then throw the deer in the back of the truck. And I think at the last second, Robbie was like, let's not gut this deer. Let's just like throw the deer in the back of the truck. We'll take it back and we'll gut her at the shop. So we're like, okay, yeah, no problem. I mean, and that's how, that's how we do all of, all of our deer, we don't we don't put the guts on the property at all. We uh we've got a designated area where we where where we do drop the guts and stuff like that, and then uh we coyote, uh, coyote hunt it, varmint hunt over them. Uh. So Robbie and Dad grab this deer. Robbie grabs the front legs, and Dad grabs the back legs. <laughs> Dude, if anyone knows, if anyone knows my dad, oh my lanta. He grabs the back legs of this deer. They jump up in the truck. Beforehand, we never found an entry or an exit wound, so I don't know if I, like... Did you just scared it to death? Literally scared it to death. So they put this deer in the back of the truck, and this thing comes to life. And it is both grown-ass men are holding the front legs and the back legs, and, you know, I mean, a deer is like... They can jump over an eight-foot fence. So... <laughs> It literally looks like a grasshopper on its back, and it is sitting there 
just kicking and kicking and kicking. And these guys are holding onto these legs. So, I mean, like, elbows and shoulder joints are being maxed out <laughs> and then back in and then maxed out and then back in. And they're, they're <laughs> like, riding this thing like a reverse bull. And finally, this thing stops kicking. And Robbie goes, what in the world was that? And when it starts kicking again, well, then by that time, Robbie's let go of its front legs. And it starts beating the far out of his truck. I mean, it is just wailing on this truck. And Dad's still holding the back legs. And Dad's like, kill that thing, kill that thing. And it is just beating them guys to death. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like 12 years old, 13 years old or something like that. And this thing, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is this what happens when you don't gut a deer? They come back to life? And, and this thing is just absolute. And then Robbie finally does the deal and, you know, just, uh, and Yeah. Takes the deer, all that stuff. Well, it finally stops. And, and everyone's like, what in the hell was that? Like, what, what happened to that? And to this day, like every time I call dad, I'm like, hey, man, you remember that, that, that time that that deer just about whipped you <laughs> in the back of that truck? He goes, oh, yeah, I think about that every time I see a deer on the side of the road because sometimes I think about picking up the deer on the side of the road. And he's like, no, I ain't doing that because I ain't fighting a deer by myself. <laughs> I mean, them things are strong. I don't doubt it. Them th- I mean, like I said, they can jump over an eight-foot fence, just bing. Yeah. Single bound. I can't even jump, jump over an eight-inch fence. No, I think I'm I'll, just out of shape. But that—that—that's me. Yeah, I can't even duck through a barbed wire fence. I did the other day, and I've got—I've got scratch marks. Yeah, mm. a barbed wire dug right in me, and a deer can just <laughs> bloop, dig it right below it. Well, either that, or just—I mean, it's just, it's just a step for them at that point. Yeah, either either go below it, jump over it, or go in between it, like at the farm right there. But there's a, that barbed wire that's, yes. that's separated. They can go right in between that. So I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know, dude. Them deer are just them deer or something else. That was that was that was probably the most memorable hunt I've ever had, and I think the the biggest buck I ever killed is that fourteen on the wall, and he's not. I mean, he's he's a he's a non typical. He's nothing symmetrical at all. He's got kickers out the back. He's got like a six inch kicker, uh, just above his head, goes out about six seven inches, and it's like a corkscrew, and it goes out. I haven't paid that much attention to it. Have you have you never like looked at him? No. His left side is just gorgeous. I mean, his left side is very symmetrical and all that, but his right side, I think his main beam was like twenty something inches long compared to what was the other side measurement for that main beam? Oh, uh, twenty. Hmm. He wasn't he wasn't very wasn't very big, but all the tines came up. He looked gorgeous on the left hand side. It was perfect. But on his right-hand side, we're, we're either thinking he got shot. I'm thinking he got shot because whenever we cleaned that deer, we did find an uh, uh, entry and exit wound from an arrow because you could see in the tissue where the scar tissue had, had, was built up. It was a, it was a fixed blade, three-blade broadhead. Went right through him, and it hit that empty space where nothing is just below oh, the spine, just above the It's unlucky for that hunter. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know. Obviously, I mean, he's a 14 now. Or 14 then. Yeah, that could have been previous year. Yeah, so last year he might have been a gorgeous 10 or something like that. But now this year, or that year that I shot him, uh, his left side, I think he had like four, five, six points on one side. And then his right side, it was just like main beam, G2, kicker out the back. He's got a little drop tine off the side. He's got another kicker on the left-hand side. I mean, he was just all wicked. Just So I'm thinking his right, his, his right side got damaged more 
Is that, is, that, is that right? His right side got damaged more, so his left side grew bigger because his right side was trying to accumulate all the protein and minerals for his right side, but his, his right side never matured. Uh, that was uh, two years ago? Two years ago, Thanksgiving morning. Never shot a deer on Thanksgiving morning, and I've hunted Thanksgiving morning since I was 10 years old. I've never harvested <coughs> a, a, a holiday kill. Holiday deer? Deer, turkey. Yeah. They, now during during turkey season, mom always said it was because Mother's Day is always in turkey season. Mom mom's thing was always shoot a bird on Mother's Day, and that that that's the perfect gift for me. And uh, I haven't shot one, you know, in a while on Mother's Day. Uh, this past year was two days. I, that's close enough. That's close enough for me. And I sent a picture Especially to mom, and she was like, "Season, yeah, really, <laughs> yeah." So I, uh, I sent a picture to mom on that bird. Uh, for that bird to mom and uh she was happy with it and all that stuff and uh but that buck it was thanksgiving morning i've never shot a deer on thanksgiving morning i've I've hunted thanksgiving morning with dad ever since i was 10 i don't think he's maybe maybe he's killed one or two that i've hunted with him and i've known about it uh it was that 14 and i remember i was running late to the woods of course running late to the woods got up in the tree stand Hurry up, scurried up the tree, sat down. Uh, Did you take a nap? No, I didn't have a time. Didn't have time for a nap. No, I was running late. I was yeah, like, you were definitely running late. It was already daylight. It was already for a nap. Yeah, it was already daylight. So I climbed up in the tree, set my gun. It was a, a, a two-man ladder stand. Set my gun on the handrail and all that stuff, and I was sitting there and was getting ready. I heard something in the woods, and I was like, man, that's, that's pretty early for squirrels. And I was like... It is a freaking tree rat, so I was like, they could be down on the ground, they could be up in trees or whatever, and there was no tree, there was no leaves on the trees at this point. It was Thanksgiving, so there was a, a few leaves, and I was sitting there, and I was like, I was like, man, what, what's that sound? 12 o'clock, straight ahead of me, I seen a body, a deer body, and I was like, oh, there's a deer. I was like, Thanksgiving morning, 28 years old, I've been hunting for 18 years, Yeah. never shot a deer on Thanksgiving, and I was like... Today's the day I'm blasting the first deer I say on Thanksgiving. I said, this is the first opportunity I had 20, 30 minutes past daylight. I'm running late. I'm shooting it. I don't blame you. Get the gun up. I'm looking. See if it's got antlers because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to shoot a spike. I don't want to shoot a four-point. Obviously, let them, let, them, let them guys go and let them get a little bit bigger. But if it was a big doe, bam, right there, done. Finding antlers. See, this, this, whole, this whole harvesting a doe during rifle season is new to me because whenever I used to hunt the only time you could harvest doe was bow or muzzleloader season yeah or juvenile mm. which so I mean even today you mentioned like hey you could you could kill a doe with a rifle during rifle season yeah. I was like you're, since when you only had one one doe during rifle that, that that's one more than I, I could whenever I used to so that completely caught me yeah, off guard yeah I think you're allowed four does during archery season or something I, I don't know that don't know. number sounds higher than whenever I was yeah. I was hunting too yeah, so you I, guys, I you really guys gotta look into it before. check them out don't take my word for it uh, read your local TWRA if you're in Tennessee your uh, rules and regulations stuff like that get that stuff straight don't get don't don't go out there and start doing that stuff illegal because I know that it may catch you works for certain zones too that yep. will change between zones. Yep, like that. Uh, like in uh, Memphis and stuff like that, they have a CWD unit now. It's not that stuff you buy in the stores and it's close to like 
it's that relaxation weed stuff, CWD. No. I'm thinking of CBD. CBD. Yeah. C- uh, CBD. No, no. <laughs> CWD, chronic wasting disease or something like that. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's, yeah, two totally different things. All right, just just making sure. Yeah, you, yeah double check on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure about that one right there. <laughs> it was, uh, but I had the scope up, and I was like, man, I'm going to see if I, if, if I can see some antlers. Well, all of a sudden, I mean, he's, he's an untypical, so there's antlers pointing everywhere. And I was like, what in the world? This Thanksgiving morning, I'm having a, a crazy non-typical walkout. It's the first deer I've seen all morning. You thought you had some of that CBD. I thought I had some of that CBD <laughs> mixed in with some of that CWD, and everything was just going haywire dh downhill from there so i was like oh this is crazy well all of a sudden this deer turns and he's walking straight at me so me being i don't know the hunter i am i guess we're just being ignorant i was like let's see how close this deer gets to me before i shoot this deer so this deer's walking and walking and walking and walking and literally walking straight to me turns broadside at 20 yards oh and i was like you messed up. Yeah, did you hear that? That sounded like a Japanese plane. I, I hope the audio caught that fly. I, th- that, I, I that, mean, that I heard it. Cool audio. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. And uh, he turned broadside at 20 yards. And I was like, you, you're done. You just messed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Just messed up. Squeezed the trigger. Hit the ground. He jumped back up. Ran like two steps. Stood there. And I'm, and I'm just watching this thing just pump out see i've never got to see that dude the pump station was down the pump station was trying its hardest to work with a two inch hole in it i mean them things are what i don't i don't know a little bit bigger than a softball but just imagine a two inch hole in it and that pump station was not working at all and he was doing the old death wobble oh he started doing the death wobble and landed 22 yards in front of me and dropped called my wife immediately that's exactly what you want to see too oh absolutely absolutely i, ca- I, I called lauren I, she wasn't even awake 98 percent of I america I 98 percent <laughs> of america is not awake at this hour and i called her and she's like what i was like i just shot the biggest buck of my life especially on thanksgiving morning especially on thanksgiving morning yes and i was like that was the morning she did the uh is it is it the turkey trot or the turkey run or something like that in oh, Knoxville? Oh yeah, that I think or no, it was she's a one Cook of those Cook? crazy people that likes to do the the run the, just runs the five Ks. Yeah, Thanksgiving not, morning. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna spend my Thanksgiving morning in the woods and then eat lunch and then back in the woods Thanksgiving evening. My wife did that this past year. She ran. Uh, I don't know if she ran the whole time, but she did one of those five Ks. Yeah, no, it's it was in, in in our neck of the woods in Cookville. I think I think that's what it was. It's it's the turkey trot or something like that. Something. Anyways, anyways, yeah, she woke or I called her, woke her up at I don't know what time daybreak was or whatever. But like I said, ninety eight percent of America is not awake at that hour. No, and I called her and she was like, "What?" I was like, "I just shot the biggest bug of my life." He's laying twenty two yards in front of me and I'm sitting here staring at him. And she goes, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> this is the biggest deer I've ever shot in my life. No. If I have phone service, I will send you because in a tree stand, I don't 12 foot, 15 foot above the ground. Yeah. I had just enough phone service to make a phone call. And she was like, as quick as you can. She was like, send me a picture because I got to get up in like an hour. And I was like, 
well, you up now. And I'm sitting here shaking, and I'm just all tore up about this stuff. And uh, I climb down, and I look at this deer, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's got so much character. He's got tines. He's got freaking – he's got everything just kicking off of him and stuff like that. I think he scored like 138, 140, I think it was, something somewhere around there. And uh, obviously called my wife. Then I called dad. I was like, hey, what are you doing? He was in Florida, so he's an hour ahead. He's already awake. <laughs> I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just sitting here on the beach drinking coffee. And I was like, well, I just shot a 14-pointer, and I'm losing my shit right now. <laughs> so it's the biggest, I need somebody it's, to talk yeah, to. <laughs> I was like, it's the biggest deal. I just called my wife, and she was super grumpy because I woke her up. But, but she, those phone calls, she absolutely loves those phone calls. When I go out early of the morning, and, and what the, the heck was that? It was a hummingbird. Just was that a hummingbird? Yeah, buzzed your head and flew back out. Oh, there, there he is. Is he, he behind just, me? Yeah, he just went back out. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, oh, I just lost my train of thought. That we're, thing was we're out in nature. I'm sorry. Oh, really adding to the ambiance. It's real birds you hear in the background. They, they was three owls talking to each other just a little bit ago. Was there? Yeah. I didn't even hear him. Yeah. Uh, hoo <laughs> Anyways, uh, Lauren, Lauren loves those phone calls. She's like, she's like the go-to person. Every time I shoot a deer, she's the first one because she knows how excited I get and how passionate I am about hunting and stuff. So whenever yeah. I shoot a deer, it's just, I mean, especially when you put in a bunch of freaking time and a bunch of work to get a deer that scores like 110. My wife just makes fun of me for our turkey season. She's like, that's because we you watch failed. Video, you watch videos of people who can actually kill a bird. Oh, That's man. because they're not in the state of Tennessee. That doesn't mean anything. Tennessee didn't have any. I can hear hmm. that little scooter passing no. by. But it was, I called dad. I was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm just sitting on the beach drinking my cup of coffee. And I was like, well, I just shot a 14-pointer. I just shot the biggest deer of my life. He's laying right here in front of me, and Dad was like, are you freaking kidding me? The one time I'm out of state. I was like, well, that's what you get for leaving the state of Tennessee during rifle season, during Thanksgiving. Yeah. I was like, I'll send you a picture of him. Tough luck, old Fred. Yeah, old old fart. <laughs> so I sent him a picture of it, and he goes, oh, my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, no. Took everything I had, me and my brother, to pick him up, put him in the back of that side by side. Drove the side by side like 30, side side? 30 yards. Oh, yeah. Had a cooler, of course, you know, celebratory drinks in it and waters. Had like 20 cliff bars, too. Ooh. Yeah, so. Those aren't that great. The cooler weight, the deer weight, <laughs> the way back to the truck. Buddy, I tell you what, we were bottoming out on every rock. I'm a, I was about to say, I bet that body, it was just like maybe, it's to, from like its ribs to like it's hip bones probably all that fit back there that's about it that's about <laughs> it antlers uh antlers and head was hanging off the side and at that moment well, I mean we was driving like .2 mile an hour I'd turn around and look out back real quick and I'm like whoop okay he's still there Deer's still hanging on the back of the side by side, and Aaron was like, "Man, this deer's pretty freaking heavy." Not smacking his head on trees that are going by. Oh no, no, it was it was just we're just riding down to an open field, and I was like, "We're perfect. I ain't got nothing to worry about. I got a fourteen pointer in the back." Oh yeah, and I was like, "We're good. We're we're Gucci." I think that was the biggest. Yeah, 
that's the the biggest point wise I think I think that 10 pointer that I got hanging on the wall did you ever see him too uh, I haven't studied him. Like, I, I've seen them. I just haven't studied them. Like you said, I didn't realize you had a non-typical up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a 14. I think he I think he scored a little bit below 140. But that 10-point I have in there, he scored 145. See, I don't remember what mine scored. And he's a – that 10-point's a basket rack. I mean, he's a little bit inside the ears, but he's got mass that is ungodly throughout the entire set of antlers. See, my uncle – on my dad's side, yeah, uh, he's hunted for forever, and whenever like I harvested my my big buck, my nine point, yeah, whenever he came over, he started measuring it himself because he was like he he was shocked. Like I'm pretty sure this was like the biggest deer on the on, on the plateau yeah. that he had, he had actually gotten to like yeah. see firsthand. Yeah, put his hands on. Yeah, and like. As he was measuring it, he'd just look up at me and shake his head, and he'd go back to measuring it. And it, was, it wasn't like he was disappointed. He was just like, He was How? mind blown. Yeah, he yeah. was like, you've been in the woods for maybe four years. I've been in the woods for 30 years. That's the way it happens, man. That's and the way it happens. I want to say it was between like 120 and 140. I don't remember exactly. Because, I mean, of, it, uh, of course he didn't like professionally oh, yeah. do yeah. it. He was just kind of like guesstimating with what he had yeah. on hand. But, but yeah, that was I, I couldn't tell you what mine it I bet exactly. that I bet that nine we need to go over to your over your parents' house and actually because, I mean it's way it's I was like, twelve years ago, ten years ago, so I mean he's way yeah. past I think it's ninety days for the green for the uh the dry yeah. score. Uh the green score I think is like immediately or something like that, and then ninety days is the dry score. So well, he's, he's definitely dry now. Yeah, he's definitely dry now, so we need to go back and score. I I would I'd put five bucks on it. That deer's probably one twenty-eight. I bet he's one twenty-eight, almost one thirty, as a nine-pointer. Yeah, that's a big. Because that, that extra points only just barely makes that that. Yeah, and he's he's able to count it as an extra point. Yeah, and he's all symmetrical too. He doesn't oh, yeah. have like like mine, that fourteen in there. There's so many deductions because <laughs> his left side is perfect, but his right side's just the deformity and stuff. It's just wild. But that was that was the biggest deer. I shot that ten point that morning. Uh, forty yards from where I shot that fourteen pointer, he just walked out. Same his, stand. Same stand. Dang. Same stand. Had a, he had his nose down to the ground. I, just, I did the old, eh. picked his head up. Wrecked him, but that deer ran for like 300 yards, Ooh. and it was perfect. We we were uh, dressing him out and stuff like that, and the heart was just gone. Really, he yeah, made it that, that was, far. Yeah, it was it was it was uh it was mid November, so it was the rut, and he was headed right to a scrape, and something, probably a doe or another little buck or something like that hit that scrape. So he was he was on a mission. So that deer was, whenever I shot him, he was probably dead already, and just adrenaline carried him 300 yards. Because the rut is just, it's a fantastic, crazy, fun ordeal to get into. Whenever it's in full swing here, it's in full swing. It's, yeah. And, and then it just cuts off like a flip of a switch. It's, and, and then whenever it cuts off, everything is locked down with them. But then when everything's locked down, that's because, I mean, here in Tennessee, we're, we're tree stand hunters. 
So we're sitting in a tree stand, and we're like, man, ain't nothing came by here. It's November 15th. These bucks are already on lockdown. Well, if you, I mean, if you, if, if you do the math and figure out where the bedding areas are and play the wind and still hunt those areas, yeah, like I've done before, you'll jump bucks. You'll jump does because they've got the does locked down on that area. So is there technically a lockdown? But There's a, there might be a lockdown for your immediate area. Exactly, and that's a different that's a different conversation yeah. than today because we can go on and on and on about your stand set up and whether you're having lockdowns or if you're having a, a good uh, woody browse area, a food source or something close to you, water transition points. We'll save that for a different day and a different conversation. But uh, well, I mean, even talking about like. I had, it was close to end of bow season. Like, you see movement until, at least where we used to hunt, you'd see movement all up until, like, the end of the rut. And like you said, you'd go into lockdown. Yeah. Of course, me and Dad only had, like, lock-in tree stands, so it wasn't yeah. like we could just take them down and move them after yeah. it ended. Yeah, you guys are but, stuck in this one spot, and yeah. nothing's walking by you, so you guys are like, well, they're in lockdown. And you get lucky every once in a while, but, like, at the end of uh, – bow season once the the craziest like instance i won't say like it was my most memorable moment yeah seeing a buck walk through or at a distance yeah. it's typical uh, i've seen a few but there was one day it was uh so if you're sitting in the tree stand where i, I shot my nine point if you were to look straight out from where he came out of yeah, is where we had eventually moved a stand in where we had we had bought bows, and I I was hunting inside there. And there was a, like a dried out creek bed, it, like there was a, a cow pond from that pasture that was uh, close to where I'd shot my first deer. Like if that pond overflowed, there was just a small creek that ran through mm-hmm. where I was hunting. And craziest moment, I'd never seen three bucks run together before, and. It was a. It went in succession. It was a four point, six point, and a big old eight point. Yeah. And one after the other. And they were just out of my my known range, because I I had I'd taken the range finder, spotted trees at certain locations to oh, know yeah. how far what is. That's what. a must. That's a must as yeah. a as a as a bow hunter. Yeah. And all three of these bucks, I mean, never skipped a beat. It was almost like they were on the tail of a doe. But of course, they're in the rut. No bucks are running three dudes together. Yeah. No, yeah. But they're fighting each other at that yeah, point. They just traipsed on through. And, I mean, I was ready both season. I, I was up. I was waiting for the moment. For, yeah. Uh, hopefully that eight point in the back yeah. to, to stop. They were on a mission. They knew exactly yeah. where they were going. And he was about 40 yards out. Yeah. But I was scoped in at three. I knew where the – or at 30. Yeah. I knew, I knew where that spot was. From where they were at until after they had ran off, I – yeah. ranged it in but they just the movement for with deer up up here up here seems pretty active and then you hit the end of the rut and it's it's just it's like you might see halt. You, you won't see any buck really or yeah. at least for me from where i i, I used to hunt yeah. would, the buck would disappear after the rut if you didn't if you didn't harvest one deer in the rut you probably were out of luck yeah it's like i got i got i got one spot uh it's a private private land, and uh, early October, just before that October lull hits, where they start transitioning from 
summer patterns to the fall, the rut patterns. Yeah. Uh, early October, I've got one spot that, man, I just see deer everywhere. Just in, in front of me, behind me, 10 yards to 60 yards. There ain't been nothing big enough to shoot or anything like that, so obviously I've just let them all go. And then uh, during the whole month of November, nothing. There's nothing at all. But the first week of December, for some reason, the biggest bucks I've ever seen on in like in my life show up, and they're on camera. And that's December, the first week of December, second week of December, and then into Christmas. At that time, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of done because I've hunted other spots. I've shot my two bucks. I've shot my doe. I've 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 hunted, and I've already got my tags filled. I can't do nothing. Yeah. So at the beginning of turkey season, I go back and check these game cameras. I'm like, dude, there's a 170-inch eight-pointer <laughs> that's running on camera. It looks like he's got Louisville sluggers on his head on December 3rd every year. I've got pictures of this eight point for the past five years. <laughs> and he's very, very easily like uh distinguished, I guess I guess you could say. Same pattern. Same pattern, same antlers. I've watched this deer grow up four years, five years. So this deer this year is gonna be at least, I don't know, probably seven and a half years old. Just an absolute monster. And this past deer season I didn't hunt it because I shot a buck earlier, shot a doe during rifle and I was kind of like already burnt out. I've already hunted, I already hunted a lot. I already had a, a, a one year old, so I was like, "Yeah, I've got two deer." She I'm was still gonna, kind of fresh at that point. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay home and enjoy the moments. Well, before turkey season, went and checked that camera. Lo and behold, there's six different bucks <laughs> on there that are over 140 for the first week of December until Christmas. And I was like, Ugh. "Dude, you've got to be kidding me!" So this season, went on the velvet. We're both going to hunt the velvet. We're both going to hunt the velvet. <laughs> We're both going to hunt early season. We're going to hit some public land. we got some good spots matched out, mapped out, not matched, mapped out. Uh, October, we're going to see what's up. We're going to see if we can if, if we can pinpoint a deer and figure out where to move in and do that. But if not, I'm not too worried about it. November is the rut. We're going to hit some more public land. We're going to freaking, we're going to slack some deer. Uh, we can hunt over there. Uh, <laughs> the big farm. Okay, I mean, you just gave me a thumbs up. To, I had no clue what that meant. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out my cardinal directions. <laughs> We're gonna hunt west. We're gonna hunt west this year. No, uh, we put in for twelve. Yeah, twelve drawings this year in the state of Tennessee. Uh, all on WMAs. We're going to see if we can't can't maybe get some footage and put a couple deer down on these WMAs and stuff like that. But uh, we got a pretty good pretty good outing this year, and hopefully everything comes together. Hopefully we get drawn for something. One of those 12 areas, because I feel like one of those 12 areas is going to produce, if not a kill, it's going to produce some good footage and stuff for y'all. So uh, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love for us to get drawn for at least one of those. Uh, yeah, either one. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I, I mean, my, I'm not holding my breath, but because I only know good areas on two of those spots. I two out of the twelve. I don't think I know any. The other ten, 
going out on a whim. Whim? Whim. I have no idea. I have no idea what we're doing. I'm going to have to take off like a day or two and go down and scout. Uh, certain WMAs have scouting dates. I don't know if oh, really? some people know that. Yeah, like you're allowed to go in here and here, like two days, like two weeks before season or something like that, or two weeks before that hunt and go in, scout, figure out where you're going to go. Two weeks later, it might be two weeks. I don't know. But they've got a scouting date and a hunting date that you're allowed to be on that property. So I'm going to have to take some days off and figure out what 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 we're doing. But uh, Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that they had yeah. specific scouting dates. Yeah, we got some got some big plans in the works. Hopefully we get some good footage this year and actually more more footage of successful and funnier things than during turkey season. Because turkey season was an absolute, uh, yeah, I mean, y'all know, turkey season was just an absolute crash. I will actually have that video up probably when you hopefully get this podcast released. Perfect. Perfect. So the first YouTube video will be up. Hopefully. A couple weeks. If I don't run into any trouble, I've got to move a few things, but. Yeah. Hopefully that works. So uh, we'll keep y'all updated about everything. So. Y'all stay strapped. Get ready for this velvet season coming up here in Tennessee. Uh, it's one of my dreams. If you're listening anywhere else in the nation, good luck if you have a velvet season. Good luck for this deer season. We'll keep y'all uh, updated. Have some more podcasts rolling in. Deer season's getting closer. We're kind of cranking down, getting ready for some for some deer killing action here. We're getting ready to shoot some bows real quick. Getting, getting excited. Getting everything excited. No, we're getting worked up. We got the saddles. We got the tree stands. We got the cameras out. We're getting, we're getting everything ready. So, uh, it's a lot of work. Hopefully, it pays off for us. Hopefully, it pays off for you guys. So, uh, but mainly for me, I want it to pay off for me. That's awfully selfish. I need to break that curse. That curse that I was gonna bring up during this podcast and I forgot to. Oh yeah. Am I bringing that up? Is that what that awkward silence is, or are you just gonna cut it off? I don't know if you want to say the curse or not. I feel like the more I talk about it, the, the better off I am. See, if I just dwell in it. Yeah, I think you're better off dwelling in it. Wow. Yeah, because that's your curse. Don't you bring it up. I'm, I'm bringing people. it up right now. I already brought it up. Let us know what this curse is. <laughs> <laughs> Same tree stand. Uh, that I shot that nine point out of. Uh, it was a four point. Came out and uh, I was he was standing about mm, fifteen yards back into the left of where I shot that that nine point that I got and as I said earlier my scope was off then this was one of the proving points that it was off uh, shot I had it lined up on the crosshairs took my shot he he did a funky jump like. Typically, what you'd see on a on like a, a a hunting show of how he would jump up and freak out that something just poked him and he didn't know what it was. Took off running, gave it the time to uh, bleed out and go on about his way. And when me and Dad got out of the tree stand, it was the same, basically almost the same thing as the, the, the nine point when we were tracking it. It took us a while to find where he was standing. 
And when we finally found where he was at, where he kicked up the dirt and everything, there was not a blood spot to be found. Uh, we had traced where he had entered the tree line and couldn't see any sign of blood through there. Um, there was no blood in like the clearing area that we were in, but I kept going around the area that he was standing whenever I pulled the trigger. And about the third time I passed, basically in between where he was, like his front hooves were standing and his back hooves, it was a almost perfect uh, arrowhead sitting on top of the ground. It wasn't perfect. It's got like a, it's a little chipped on the on one side, but it wasn't buried. It wasn't like it was just barely sticking up above the ground. Like it was almost like it was placed there. And I'm a weird rock. I was always a weird rock kind of kid. Where if like I saw a rock that was cool, I always brought it home. So I saw that I saw that arrowhead, and I was like, I've got to have that arrowhead. I got to take it home. So I took it home. And I have not harvested any big game. Like, my whole, like, hunting luck, I guess I would call it, is diminished. Like, before then, hunting came naturally to me. Like, it was just any old normal day in the woods, something come across my path, kill it, harvest it, I got the kill, whatever. But that was the last time that I've seen a, or taken a shot at a buck, taken a shot at doe, and completely missed with a muzzle loader. I don't, I don't even know where that one went. Probably into the ground. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I was on it, just like I was everything else. Unless you shot straight up in the air. I'd, It'd have to go into the ground. I didn't, yeah, I, I was almost, it, 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 it was tree line, so I was kind of sitting below where these, these oh. were at, so, shame on me, but we were way yep. out in the sticks, we were way yeah. out in the sticks, yeah. so. Shame on me for making a, I was a horrible ch- shot on the skyline. I was, I was a kid, I was a kid, all right? Oh my gosh. Uh, ever since then, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've killed a dove here or there, maybe a duck or two. No. But. Turkey hunting, of course, wasn't that great this year, and I blame I, I blame every like bad luck roll of mine on finding that arrowhead, and yep. I can't I can't I can't get rid of it. I mean, I would I would blame everything but me. Exactly. That that's that's my plan. That's what I'm getting at. Is not blaming myself. Yeah, yeah. Me, it's, it's not like I'm just. It's never me. Bow bow bow. Just yeah, guns wild, going off yeah, everywhere. Wild wild west. This thing. It's never me. Like, if I miss a deer, gun sucks. Sold. Oh. It's never and, me. And me talking about my sights being off. Uh, even took it to to have it, like, professionally sighted in. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is, this is off. It was way off. <laughs> and we don't know how it got off. Because we had gotten it scoped in and everything. And it was working fine. And then nothing. It was just, it was shooting off and way to the right. Well, my freaking prized possession over there in the safe is like I have to shoot it every year. For some reason, it, it I couldn't tell you the last time a 243 was shot. You better shoot it. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to. I'm just saying, I don't remember the last time it was shot. Hmm. Well, your bow's getting ready to get shot here in about 20 minutes. Yeah. Not even that, so. 
I, I, hmm. I don't know what that, uh, what, how it's going to go. I've had it restrung. It's been 10 years since I've put any effort behind this bow. Well, we're going to put some effort behind it and effort into it. So. Still got the draw strength of a field mouse. A, a sophomore in high school. <laughs> mm. Mm. 30 pounds. No, it's more than that. Well, I believe that's it. I mean, we've told our, uh, our first deer harvest, our biggest deer harvest, and uh, kind of updated everyone on this year's deer season. If we get drawn, if if we don't get drawn for those areas, I'm gonna cry. I mean, I'll cry a little bit, but I won't I'll let cry it take over bit. my life. Yeah, we got we got too many areas. Yeah, I've got a boat. We can get too. We can. I ain't shooting from the boat. We can access too <laughs> many areas to uh, dwell on the drawings. So hopefully it works out. We keep you all updated. Uh, stay up to date with our Facebook and Instagram. We're finally getting back into it now that that deer season's rolling back up. Summer's kind of a slow point. It's too hot. Yeah, it's it's too hot to do anything. I don't really want to screw the deer up by going in and checking cameras every day. So uh, we're going we're just going to see what happens. See what happens this summer, and uh, hopefully we get a a video video of a hunt uh, this velvet a season. Successful hunt. So yeah, if not, I guarantee you there's going to be some 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 funny stuff in it. You say funny, I say stupid. Because everything to me that is stupid is funny. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we could we could blow a tire on the truck on the way there. That's stupid. Stupid. But it's funny. But it's funny, dude. We're gonna get it on video. So, y'all stay tuned. Hang out and. uh, Thanks for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm sure you'll be in on the next one. Probably. Because the next if, one's going to be. not on the mic, I'll be on the present. You'll be on the tube. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Outdoor Wiser brand. <laughs> <laughs>